for listening to the Life Church Boise weekly podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for any other messages or other resources, please visit us at lcboise.com. Happy Father's Day, everybody, all those fathers out there. My dad's here. Hi, Dad. Happy Father's Day. Aww. Love you. <clears throat> So, kids ministry is really my passion. It is my heart. Um, It didn't start out that way. I didn't start out in life, you know, having a heart for kids ministry. Um, But as I I grew into that that role, it really became a passion of mine. One thing that most people aren't aware of, there's a stat out there that says over half of all Christians, adult Christians today, uh, that claim Christ, they actually made that decision before age 12. So a lot of times we actually see, you know, more people come to the Lord in our kids' services, which is we just present the gospel as far as an opportunity to to receive only first through fifth grade. So uh, in the last two weeks, actually, we've had 18 kids come to know the Lord in just the kids' classes. So, amen. Man, the, the harvest is so ripe with kids in, in, in that age group, and, and they're hungry for God, and it's awesome to see that. And so I have such a, a, a passion for them. Uh, it did, like I said, it didn't start out that way. I want to kind of give you background of me uh, being involved in the kids' ministry and how I came to be uh, the kids' minister here at Life Church. Um, if you would have asked me four or five years ago what I'd be doing, I wouldn't have said, this is, what, this is where I would be. Uh, so it's kind of God threw in a, a, a monkey wrench into where I thought in my head where I was going, and uh, and now I know I'm supposed to be here. But I want to just kind of tell you the story, and it's relevant to the message that I want to share with you today. Um, so this was four years ago, about four years ago, <clears throat> um, in June, actually. We went on a missions trip to Mexico with the youth. I was actually volunteering in the youth ministry at the time, and my wife went with me. We went to Mexico with a group of, of, of teens and a group of adults there, and it was awesome. A lot of what we ended up doing in Mexico was kids' ministry. Like, that's how we got everyone together, because we'd go out to all these villages, and uh, we would just do, do these huge kids' events where we would have pinatas and all sorts of cool stuff. And then when we attract all the kids, all the adults would come too, so we got to minister to everybody. Um, anyway, while I was in Mexico, I got to minister, or I got to, to really just have time to pray, tons of just uh, alone time, um, and time as a group to pray together as a group, and I just sought the Lord on what I should be doing. Uh, to give you more background before that, I knew that the Lord had called me into full-time ministry. I just didn't know what it looked like yet. So there were multiple, you know, words spoken over me about being in full-time ministry. He had told me personally uh, through prayer that he goes before me and he makes a way for me uh, to be in the full-time ministry. So I knew that was something that God placed on my heart. But at the time, I was working in insurance. So I was insurance sales and uh, nothing against working in the secular world because many of us are called to do that. But I knew that's not what God had in store for me. But I didn't have any other direction. And so uh, sometimes God, when he, when he reveals his plan to you, sometimes it's like you see the whole thing front to back. I mean, that's pretty rare that you would see the whole thing. Uh, but a lot of times what happens is he just shows you the next step, the next step that you're supposed to take. 
So when I was in Mexico praying, I said, God, I just want to know what am I supposed to be doing next? What, what's the next step that's going to happen? And that was my prayer. And he spoke to me and he said, <clears throat> he said, you're going to be done working in insurance at the end of August. This is, again was in June. And I said, okay, awesome. I don't know what that, you know, what that means as far as where I'm going to be going. But, hey, it's, a, it's, it's like I know kind of a timeline what's going to happen. And so I said, okay, God, whatever that is, I'm, I'm all, all ears. And whatever you want is what I'll do. So mid-August, and nothing's changed. No, nothing's changed. I'm still working in insurance. And, um, and then I come to, come to church. I was going to church here. And, again, involved in the youth. And they announce that they are looking for someone to be the new children's director. And literally, this is what went through my head when I, when I heard the announcement. I just had a, uh, my, my, first, my first kid, my daughter, in January earlier that year. And I said, man, I hope we get a good children's director. Because I just had a kid. And it is like, I, I'm just ready to have, you know, a, a, a children's director that is just anointed and... I started praying for that person. <clears throat> and yeah, come to find out later on, that was me. But uh, So anyway, after, after church, I'm driving home after this announcement, and God says, and I'm just, you know, in my car alone, and, I, and God says, um, he says, why not you? And I said, well, God, that's a good question because I got a lot of answers for that one. I'm not even involved in the kids' ministry at all. I don't have any experience. I'm actually work, volunteering in the youth program, and that's where I'm, I know you've called me to be here where I'm at. So, you know, I don't have any experience. I, I don't know what, I, what I'm doing. And, uh, and so then, I, and then after that, you know, so I, I just answered that. I didn't hear anything else. Um, I come to church the next week, hear the announcement, and I'm like, okay, well, I, I, I'm hoping it's a good one still. I don't really want it to be me, but, you know, if that's what you want, God. And, uh, and then he, uh, he says again on the way home, he says, uh, why not you? And I said, God, if that's your plan for me, uh, you, you're going to bring it to pass because you've spoken to me that you go before me and you make a way for me. I'm not going to force my way into this position. I'm not going to, you know, unless you tell me and, and, you know, hit me upside the head with a brick, I'm not going to just jump in and force my way into this. And, uh, and so what happened was a couple days after that, I get a call from Pastor Mark and he says he wants to meet. And, uh, so I start like, everything starts going through my head. Like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> I mean, like his kids are in the youth program. Did I say something you know, I wasn't supposed to? And, you know, Pastor Mark, he's, he's amazing and gracious. So he, he says, I want to meet. And he brings up, he says, you know, I've been in prayer about the children's director position and you should apply for it. I said, funny you should say that because God's been trying to, trying to uh, talk me into it for a while now. And, uh, and so what was really cool about it is I applied, and then throughout the whole interview process, I just was able to be completely brutally honest. Like, like they would say, uh, what's, what, what's the first thing you do as, as a children's director? Pastor Mark asked me that, and I was like, I have no idea. I'm like, I, I've never done it before. I have no clue. I'm like... Uh, I'm going to just hear from God and I'm going to go from there because that's all I know how to do. I don't, you know, being a children's director, I literally had no children's ministry experience prior to being in charge of the whole area. So, um, so eventually, you know, I, I, and I can imagine Pastor Mark hearing that answer like, God, 
this is who you want? I mean, what are, what are we doing here? <clears throat> so I'm so thankful Pastor Mark is led by God and, and was hearing from God and hired me even though I probably didn't have the best interview because I was just completely honest. And maybe he appreciated that. I hope he did. But uh, anyway, this is what I want to talk to you on is about being led by God and, be, and how we can be led by God, ways God's, God leads us. Um, and I think it's so vital to our life as, as believers. Um, and then some questions. Um, what, uh, what would happen if we, if we start going down a path and we realize it's the wrong decision? If we make a decision and it's the wrong one, what are we going to do? What, what's, you know, how does God see that? And then also, uh, how do we know if the decisions that we're making are right? How, you know, can we discern if we're making the right decision? You know, if, if I was to say to Joe, Joe, uh, we're going to race from here to Portland, and we're going we're gonna to get in our car, we're going to have the exact same car, there'll be no advantages to one another, and we're just going to uh, go and have a race to Portland, except the one thing that I get that you don't is I have a helicopter up in the sky that's got a radio, and I got the other one, and they're going to tell me Every time that there's a curve ahead, any road construction, if there's any debris in the road, they're going to tell me how, how, you know, when I can pass, even though I can't see over that hill, if I can get around this car, um, and it says I can't pass, but because I have an eye in the sky, I'm going to be able to, to make those decisions. I guarantee you I'm going to beat him by a couple hours easily because I have an advantage. I can see what's coming. And in the same way as believers and as Christians, we have that same eye in the sky. We have that advantage in life that no other, no other person on this earth except those who are in covenant and relationship with God have. We have the helicopter that says, you know what? I'm going to tell you everything that's coming. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you the path that's ahead of you. I'm going to show you, you know, where there's uh, roadblocks, construction, any bumps that are coming up ahead. I'm going to give you warning on those, and I'm going to be able to direct you the right way so that you can avoid a lot of those as well. So um, real quickly, turn with me to Proverbs. Love Proverbs. Wisdom, wisdom, book of wisdom right there. Proverbs 16. Proverbs 16.25 says this. There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. So this is basically saying we naturally make decisions on our own apart from God that are completely wrong and we think they're right. And, and that is the natural carnal person. They're going through life making decisions. They think it's right, but the end of those decisions and the end of that path is it are roadblocks and it's death and it's not ha- it's not life it's not success so um, so we naturally tend that, tend toward that way if we're if we're apart from God if God's not in in control we will naturally just kind of make our own decisions and we you know you, you could say this that if we didn't have God if if God wasn't there. And we came up with our what we thought was the best choice. We should just do the opposite of that, and we would probably be more right than than wrong. So uh, naturally, we just gravitate towards the wrong decision. 
And that's just because of our lack of understanding. It's lack of, uh, of knowing what's best for ourselves and a lack of having that bird's eye perspective that we get when we're in a relationship with God. So three, I want to go over three keys, three keys to being led by God. Three keys to being led by God. The first key is God is always speaking. God is always speaking. So, um, you know, if you would say, I've never heard God's voice before, I would say uh, that's not a lack of God talking to you and trying to communicate to you. That's a lack of us knowing, maybe we're just ignorant of how to hear God and how to tune in to be able to hear his voice. Um, So, you know, if I were to go and poll and just ask a bunch of Christians, of course not you guys because you guys are like super spiritual and amazing, but if I was to go poll a bunch of Christians and say, hey, have you ever been tempted by the enemy? Has he ever, has he ever tried to get you to do something that you, knew, that you know was wrong? Have you ever been, uh, you know, just felt the enemy try to discourage you, beat you up, tell you you're not smart? And the vast majority of Christians are like, yeah, that happens to me daily. I, I deal with that all the time. But then if you'd ask them, well, do you hear from God? Is God directing your steps? Does God show, is God showing you your next step and the path that's before you? Is he encouraging you? Is, are you hearing his voice on a regular basis? And they'd almost be floored like, that, no, that doesn't happen. No one, that doesn't happen to anybody. And the expectation of most believers is they hear better from the enemy than they do the Father. And that's so contrary to what Jesus talked about. It's so contrary to how it should be. So uh, I just want us to start thinking, what if? What if we could hear God all the time? And what if it's true that he's actually speaking to us all the time? Can we hear that? And um, so first key, God's always speaking. Uh, We'll turn to John real quick. Book of John, chapter 10. And I'm just going to go through these fairly quickly. John 10:27 It says my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. This is Jesus talking. So he's saying my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. You notice it doesn't say my goats hear my voice. You know, someone who's off wanting to always do their own thing. It doesn't say everyone who claims to be a Christian hears my voice. It says, my sheep, those who are following after me, those who have committed their heart to me and are are committed to being led by me, those are the people that are hearing my voice. So, uh, So God is talking to us all the time. We have his word that we hear his voice. If you would say, you know, I've never heard that, I I would say you can if you if you take the time to say, God in faith. I believe you're speaking to me right now, and I'm going to hear from you. So if, if you haven't heard from God, man, it's just normal for believers to hear from God. It, is, it should be the everyday life that we hear his voice. He's encouraging us. He's showing us things to come. So um, hearing God's voice starts in the small areas. It starts in the small areas. If I, I would say that if... Uh, I hadn't have follow, been following after God, trying to hear his voice, been seeking him on a regular basis, that I would have missed uh, where I'm at right now. I would have completely blown it and said, uh, you know, God, there's no way I'm going to step into what you're telling me to do. 
Or maybe I wouldn't have ever even known God was telling me to do that. I would have been completely oblivious to it if I hadn't have started in the small areas. Now, going back to the, to the story of me becoming a, a children's director, before, uh, before I, and I stopped uh, being in insurance and before the opportunity even was available, before it was announced in church, um, I was actually doing a lot of uh, praying and seeking, and I had come up with kind of my own plan. My own plan was we had just sold our house in July, and we had good equity in our house. So I was planning on, you know what, I'll just take this money. We'll, I'll go to, to Bible college, not, not this Bible college. I'd already graduated from here, but a, you know, a, a three-year Bible college program. And I'll just take this money. I'll, we'll be fine. I won't have to work full-time. And I'll go to Bible college. I mean, that sounds like a God, God plan. Uh, it's definitely, you know, who, the, the enemy's not going to tell anyone to go to Bible college, right? So, so I, I said, okay, well, I'll start going down this path and seeing what, what happens. And it, we got closer and closer in August to the deadline of registration. And I said, God, I have to know if this is what you want me to do. Is this a God idea that I go to Bible college, or is it just a good idea? And, uh, and, it, and that O, good or God, made all the difference, makes all the difference in the world. Because there's lots of good opportunities that you're going to encounter in life, but those are not all God opportunities, not way, the way God wants you to move. So we end up saying no to a lot of good things sometimes, finding our path that God's laid out before us. So, um, so I had to go into prayer, and I was literally in prayer for two and a half hours, praying about, should I be it? Should I uh, go to Bible college? Or should I do something else, which was the only other thing I knew to do was to stay and not do anything different? Uh, again, I had this word that at the end of August, I knew I was going to be in a different spot as far as occupationally. And so I went two and a half hours. I, I basically went all night and said, God, I'm just not going to leave till you give me an answer. I, and I know, and again, I came at pers- the perspective of, I know he's trying to answer me. I know he is speaking to me. I just got to get myself in the position to be able to hear him. And so for, for two hours, I'm just talking to God. I'm sensing what's going on in my spirit when I think about going to Bible college. I sense on what's, what's happening right here inside of me. Is it, is I, do I get a peace about it? Or do I get like this little uneasy feeling, again, in my spirit, not in my head, not logically? And, and then eventually it was like, okay, I had more peace about staying than I had about going to Bible college. So I said, God, you know, I, I think you're leading me to stay and not go to Bible college. Uh, and he said, and again, when I said that to him, he said, just in a voice inside, it wasn't like an audible outside voice. He said, I have bigger things in store for you. And so that ended up, and I had no idea at the time, that ended up me being on staff here as the children's director. So God is always trying to lead us. He's always speaking to us. And if, if, if we tune in, if we can get ourselves tuned in to hear on a regular basis, and the more we do it, and the more regular we do it, the easier it's going to be for us to hear. Uh, so first key, God's always speaking. Number two, second key, he primarily speaks to us by his spirit. He primarily speaks to us by his spirit inside of us the one he places inside of us. So things we shouldn't be led by, we should not be led by signs. If you know, uh, in the old covenant, they didn't have the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. 
There were certain people that were chosen called prophets that God put his Holy Spirit on them, and it was like a mantle, and they were prophets. But to the, to the everyday person, there was no uh, Holy Spirit that you could rely on to give you guidance. So you had to hopefully run into a sign that pointed in the right direction. I mean, we were really, back then, I'm, I'm just so thankful that we, we get to be born in the new covenant and that we have the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us. So we shouldn't be led by signs. We shouldn't also be led by prophets. Now, I'll qualify this, that it's just different from the old covenant. Again, in the old covenant, they had a prophet, and everyone would have to go to them to fi- figure out what they were supposed to do. Uh, because God was speaking through that person. In the New Covenant, we do have prophets. It is part of the five-fold ministry, but they serve a different purpose. Their purpose is to help direct and guide the church as a, as a whole church. Their, their, their primary job is to confirm what God is already speaking to you. So if God said something to you and someone comes by and says the exact same thing, that's a word, prophetic word from God. God's using them in prophecy to confirm. Maybe, maybe you need it confirmed to go the direction that you're, that you're supposed to go. So going back to like me being a children's director, if someone had said to me before the position opens up that God calls you to be a children's director, he hadn't talked to me about that yet. I would have taken that word and I would have said it on the shelf. And that, that's just kind of a metaphor for saying... Yeah, I'm not going to say that's God, but I'm not going to say it's not God either. I don't really have full revelation on that, and God hasn't talked to me, so I'm just going to put that right here. Now, if someone had came and said, God has called you to be the children's director at Life Church after God had been saying, hey, why not you? Why not you? Uh, I would have said, okay, God, I get it. You're confirming what you're already saying inside of me. So that's the role of the prophet. That's how we are not to be led by just whatever, thus saith the Lord, do this, do this, do this. If that isn't something that God's already dealt with you on, just set it right on the shelf and wait. Don't just take it as a word of God. Uh, Also, God doesn't lead us by open doors or opportunity, meaning he's not just, uh, you know, going to say, oh, I'm going to open the door and you're supposed to know uh, that that's the right way. A lot of times the enemy opens doors and opportunities and they're totally not uh, not of God. Jesus had an opportunity to shortcut his way to be the Lord of all the earth, right? The enemy said, look, see all this land, see all these people. I will make you the Lord of all. All you have to do is bow down and worship me. He offered him a shortcut. And so he offered him an opportunity. Thank God Jesus was led by the Spirit and not by just opportunities and open doors. Sometimes open doors are, are the enemy trying to get you away from where you're supposed to be. So we're not, not supposed to be led by those. We're also not supposed to be led by our own understanding. So this, this meaning we're not supposed to just go around and, and figure it out logically. If we look at everything logically, we pencil it out, we do the numbers, um, we do not know, with the limited knowledge that we have, what's going to happen next. We don't know what tomorrow brings, but there is someone that does. And so if we rely on him, uh, the Holy Spirit inside of us, and say, God, you tell me what to do. And, and sometimes those leadings of the Holy Spirit are completely illogical. They do not make sense. It, it doesn't make sense why someone would quit their job and go to Africa. It doesn't make sense. But sometimes the Lord knows what's best for you. 
Okay, not sometimes. Every time the Lord knows what's best for you. And he has a plan that's specific for your life. And we are designed to discover that. We're designed to discover what that is. But if we aren't taking the necessary steps, we'll kind of go throughout the world and throughout our time here on earth just wandering around, not knowing where we're supposed to be. So uh, those are things we shouldn't be led by. Let's turn real quick to John 16, verse 13. It says this, However, when he, talking about the Holy Spirit, uh, the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. So, again, just showing you this is the role of the Holy Spirit to show you things to come, to be your helicopter in the sky, directing you, directing your, 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 your car, and directing the way you're supposed to live. Um, also, uh, I will say this, that um, if you miss it in life, if you, if you have failed in some way, uh, and you recognize, you know what, I probably miss God in this area, I shouldn't have moved here, I shouldn't have taken this job, whatever it may be, uh, there is a right response to that, and there is a way that you can acknowledge it, repent, which just means changing your ways or changing your mind, and going the right direction. I'll give you a I'll give you an example. Uh, so this is a true story. My dad will confirm this because he was a part of this story. Uh, I was looking to buy a car, and uh, I had been scouring the web trying to find a car that met all my criteria, right color, all these things. And uh, I ended up finding one in Utah. And this, this, this car in particular had a, like a salvage or rebuilt title which I've owned rebuilt titles in the past, and most of them have been great cars, and if, as long as they check out, they're great. Well, it was, it was a dealership selling it, so I was like, you know, how bad could it be if it's, you know, looked, it looked great in the pictures, and, uh, and it, was, it was like amazing price. It was, you know, smoking deal, and so I was like, I want to get this car, and so I went into prayer about it, and I was like, God, I want to know uh, if I should buy this car, and, and when you pray that, you have to be open to whatever the right answer is. If you go in with a premonition of, uh, and, and preconceived ideas as far as what that answer should be, it's going to skew what you're going to hear, or you're going to hear it, and you're just going to, uh, well, but God, look, it's got low miles. It's the color I want. And that's what I did. I started going in, God, you know, this is, this is, the, one, this is the one. I know it is, right? Everything on paper, everything logically, it looks like the right car. And so I knew that on the inside I wasn't getting a, a, a piece about it. But I said, I just got to see for myself. So uh, my dad followed me and, and drove with me to, to Utah to go look at this car. And we test drove it. And it test drove great. You know, it drove fine. And uh, I was... Uh, paying with a check, and so we, I ended up purchasing the car, and I said, I'll, we'll, I'll, we'll take it. And it wasn't until we actually got on the freeway, and my dad was the one who was actually driving the car, and I was, I was following him, and I could see it. Every time it hit a bump, it would like seriously like almost shove him off, off the road. It was ex- so he ends up pulling over. Thank God no one got into an accident, but the car was just horrible. I mean, it was, you know, uh, not safe to drive, not fit for the road. At that point, I was like, God, I should have listened to you. I, I should have, 
I knew what I knew what you were trying to get to me, and I just I just ignored it. And so it ended up costing me a bunch of time. It ended up costing me a bunch of money. We rented a car, had a bunch of gas. I like talked the guy into saying. I cannot have this car. This is unfit for the road. I will call the police if you do not let me return this car. And uh, so eventually he was reluctant to, and he took the car back, and I got my check back. But uh, it could have been a lot worse. Could have been, you know, serious injury to me or my dad. Uh, but thankfully, I recognized right away, okay, God, I messed up. I blew it. And I said, okay, God, from now on, if you want me to buy a car, I'm just going to rely on you. I had to learn the hard way, you know. I had to learn. So don't learn the hard way. Learn from my mistake. That when you, when you get a word from the Lord, if you get direction from God, trust it. Trust it. It's right. Uh, he knows what's best for you. Most of the time, we don't. So, um, and again, going back to the scripture that says, there's a way in us that seems right that leads to death. Again, we naturally gravitate towards the wrong one. Um, so third key, third key in how we should be led by God. Um, this is a, this is a good one. And this is one that I've been learning, uh, more and more. He leads us through our desires. Now I'm going to qualify that and say that just because he leads us through our desires does not mean every desire we have is God leading us. He leads us through our desires but there's a qualification on it, and I'll show you that in Scripture. Uh, Psalm 37, 37, 4 and 5. And again, I'm just trying to get through these. Uh, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desire of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. So here's the qualification Delight yourself in the Lord. If our delight, if we are not spending time delighting ourselves in the Father, then there's no way for our desires to be to be molded by Him. So when we spend time delighting ourselves in God, and that literally means that you're just delighted being in God's presence. If that's not a part of us, and that's not a, a daily practice. Our desires could be really skewed, could be, you know, completely carnal, could be completely of, of the enemy. Uh, but when we're delighting ourselves in the Lord, our desires begin to look like his desires. You know, there's a spiritual truth that says uh, you are who you hang out with. You are who you spend time with. We were designed by God that when we hang out with someone, that we become like them. So if you're around a really happy person, they're really cheerful, they're like the easiest going person, and you're around them all the time, that's going to wear off on you. You're going to start becoming happier just by being around that person. Likewise, if they're like, you know, depressed all the time and they've got nothing positive to say, they're always negative, that's going to wear on you too, and that's going to begin to wear, uh, wear, your, wear you down, and you're going to start becoming negative. God designed us that way for a reason. He designed us that way so that when we would be delighting ourselves in the Lord and we would be spending quality time just getting in his presence, worshiping him, getting in his word, those, those attributes of God would wear off on us and we would become like him and his desires would then become our desires. So, I, so as, you, as you grow in delighting yourself in the Lord... I've just begun to recognize the will of God by 
what are my desires? What do I desire to do? And again, I check those desires. I don't just anything that, you know, pops into my, my want to do. I just do. I check them and I'll, and I'll, go, in, I'll, I'll go into prayer and I'll say, God, what about this desire? And I'll just think about it and I'll, then I'll keep praying. And if that desire increases... And if, I, and if I become like, that's, a really, that, that's something I really want to do, and it, I have a desire more to do that after spending time in the, His presence, then I recognize that's God. That's God leading me through my desire. Now, if that desire diminishes, um, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, you know what? That's probably just me. That's probably just carnal Doug uh, you know, coming up with something that he wants to have, and it's not God's idea. But if we don't have that quality time, again, if we don't have that quality time, we're going to be missing it. Um, so I also want to just talk to you, or I want you to turn real quickly. Um, uh, Proverbs, Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3, verse 6. If there's one point that I want to make, if there's one point that you take home, if there's one point that says, this is what I talked about, this is what God's speaking today, it's this verse. I have it in the Amplified. It says, In all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge Him, and He will direct and make straight and plain your paths. So God is literally uh, has a desire to make your path plain. Now, that does not mean boring, and it doesn't mean dull. Thank God for that, because who wants to live a boring, dull life? It's actually the opposite. It's really exciting. Uh, he wants to make it plain, meaning he wants to make it obvious to you. He wants to fully show you the plan. He wants to make it something that you're not always questioning. Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this where I'm supposed to be? But there's a qualifier here that says, in all your ways, recognize and acknowledge him. In all your ways. This means like everything that we do, right? So uh, it's Father's Day. Uh, fathers, if you are treating your children uh, according to how God is, and he's able to speak to you regarding how you're speaking to your children, you're being led by God. And it's so vital that we're able to be led by God in every area. It says all your ways. Not just the ones where it's going to be life-altering. Uh, literally how you deal with your family, how you speak to your spouse, how you speak to your children, how you deal with your coworkers. If, if you're not acknowledging God in the middle of, of those dealings and you're not saying, God, am I, am I, am I saying this right? God, am, am, I, is this, am I coming at this wrong? Am I, you know, or if you're like, I know I'm wrong, but God, I, I don't, you know, this isn't your section of my life. You get out of this section. This is my section. If that's, if that's your heart, then you're not able to, you're, you're going to be dull to the voice of God. When we are in direct either disobedience by, by our own will, or if we're just missing it because we don't know, we don't know how God wants us to act. Maybe we don't know how we're supposed to speak to our wife, but we're still missing God because we're not going to him and asking. What that does is it makes us dull. It makes us callous to his voice. And again, it's not that God's not speaking to us. We're just doling ourselves to his voice so we can't hear properly. So again, if there's one point that I'd say, take this home, make this a part of your life, and acknowledge him in everything you do. Talk to God about 
the way that you're talking to your family. I mean, and, and guess what? If it's the right way, he's going to encourage you. And, you know, some, sometimes when I'm acknowledging him, what he does is he just tells me some, some scriptures. He reminds me of what he said in the word. So this being in you, again, is a vital area of being led by God. If this isn't in you, you're, you know, if a word comes from God, how do you know it's from God? Because maybe it's contradictory to the scripture and maybe you're not hearing him. Maybe you're hearing the enemy. So we, we judge everything off of, of scripture. So, uh, so going back to um, your desire, uh, are we delighting ourselves in God? If we are, then we can trust those desires are from God, and the ones that uh, aren't of God are going to be are going to be uh, re- what's the word? It's going to be depressed in us. It's going to be pushed down. It's not going to be something that we're really excited about or really desire. Also, I just want to do a side note here. Um, a lot of people, when they're talking about getting involved, whether it be in the church or in any ministry, any work of God, I hear a lot of people say, I'm just waiting here where the Lord would lead me. I'm just waiting here where the Lord would lead me. Here's, here's just a piece of advice. Go into something that you think you'd like. Go into something that you think you'd enjoy. Whether that, you know, whatever that is. Maybe that's kids. Maybe that's ushering. Maybe that's being in the sound booth. Maybe that's being on stage. Maybe that's going out and doing street evangelism, which we have a group of people that do that. But just follow your desire. Follow, I, I want to enjoy this. Don't sit back and just say, well, I haven't heard from God yet, so I'm just going to not do anything at all. God, God has a really hard time steering a parked car. If your car is rolling, at least in, maybe it's the wrong direction, he can at least guide you to, to the right way where you're supposed to be. So I, I just say step out, do, some, do something. We have a growth track. Uh, our growth track's amazing. It gets people discovering what they want to do or discovering what God's called them to do. That's a part of that class. And you can discover where, where you're supposed to be. And you can learn how to hear from God. And you can get plugged into where you're supposed to be. So that's just a side note. Um, also, if, if imagine for a second that the body of Christ as a whole, as in the whole world, imagine if we were all led by God in, as individuals. That we would, uh, imagine what it would look like if, if we, every single denomination said, I want to just take, get rid of my own ideas, I want to get rid of my own agenda, and I just want to do whatever God wants me to do. Imagine what that would look like. Imagine how fast we would just flip this world up on its head and, and, the, and the gospel would go out. You'd have no lack in the churches. You'd have no lack in the mission fields. Everyone would be fully supplied. You'd have, you'd have an overabundance of people in the mission fields. You wouldn't have just, you know, parts of the earth that still have never even heard the gospel. People would be doing uh, things, at, at, and, and I believe that we are growing as a body of Christ globally closer and closer and closer, and we're getting this, that we are to be led by God. And when the, you know, latter-day outpouring of his spirit comes, we're going to be seeing what that looks like. But you can start that right now. You can start that in your life. And what does your life look like when you're led by God in everything that you do? Imagine, what the, imagine even what this church would be like and again, you know, I'm not up here saying that I do it right every time. 
uh, I'm still growing. Uh, I would argue that Pastor Mark would say he's still growing and hearing from God and doing God's will as well. But we're at least going that direction, and we're trying to figure it out, and we're trying to hear from God everything that we can do. Uh, imagine the effective, effectiveness we'd have at reaching our community for Christ. Imagine the effectiveness of us blessing our community. Imagine the unity. Imagine how unified we would be, that there would be no divisions among us, that we would have one mind, as Christ said. That is the result of every individual hearing God's voice, going after God's heart, and and wanting to do his will. So uh, just imagine what that would be like. And then in your life, imagine what your family would be like. If, if everything and every time you spoke to your wife or your husband or your kids or your grandparents, imagine if every time you said, God, should I be talking like this? God, how can I encourage my wife in the right way? How can I, how can I correct my kids' poor behavior according to the way you want it done? All, if we had that stance, imagine what that would look like, and it would just start flourishing to, to, the, to our community. So I just want to pray for you guys um, real quick. Father God, I just thank you for this congregation, Lord. I thank you that you've given each one a divine purpose and a divine calling. Thank you for helping them discover that. I just thank you for hearts right now turning to you, turning to your, desi- to your desires, and, and just having a heart to do what you've called them to do, even just the small things, just the baby steps to begin with that they would, they would see those and they would recognize that it's you leading them. Father God, if there's anything in anyone in here that has made a, a wrong decision, help them recognize that if they haven't already. Give them the wisdom and give them the direction to correct it and repent from that and go the right direction. Get back on the straight path that you have set before them. And I thank you, Lord, that you do that in a non-condemning way, that you're the good shepherd and you just pull that sheep right back into the flock. I thank you, Father God, that you're, that you're leading and guiding each one here today by your spirit inside of them. In Jesus' name we pray. We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you and have a blessed day.